This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, SFFYAL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharifa Williams, recording January 13th, and today I am talking about old books with adaptations. And by old, I mean a few years to a couple decades, I guess now, which sounds wild. But before I talk about my picks, I'm going to tell you about today's sponsor, which is Book Riot's own TBR. If you've got reading goals for the new year, it's time to check out TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. With TBR, you tell our professional book nerds, we call them bibliologists, about your likes and dislikes, whether you want comfort or stretch reads, and of course, what your reading goals are for 2022. And then sit back while they comb through your Goodreads account, if you have one, and handpick recommendations and must-reads for you. TBR offers plans to receive three hardcover books in the mail or three recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget, and the recommendations-only level is available worldwide. After each order, give your bibliologist feedback, update your requests to stay in line with your 2022 reading goals and expanding horizons, and basically have your own personal book concierge. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. That's mytbr.co. All right. Well, we talk about adaptations all day, every day on this show, and today is no different. I have been coming out of my enjoyment of the Station Eleven limited series satisfaction thinking a lot about adaptations, both new and old, how some slap, how some suck, and how I haven't been able to bring myself to watch some of them. And today I'll be talking about two books with adaptations. One of these adaptations I watched a very long time ago and continue to think about, and the other had a more recent adaptation. I'm kind of biding my time before watching for reasons I'll explain. So actually, let's kick it off with that pick, which is Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad. I read uh, The Underground Railroad with uh, my stomach in knots. I was on edge and on the edge of my seat through the whole story. The Underground Railroad, I can't say that word for some reason, is both a searingly realistic indictment of the antebellum South uh, by way of this alternate history. And it has a very specific fabulous element. The Underground Railroad itself is that element because in this story it is a literal railroad and the story follows Cora who's fled the plantation where she and Caesar who actually tells her about the railroad and convinces her to run 
where they both have been enslaved. So Cora and Caesar run for it, traveling from Georgia. And Cora's journey is filled with horrors, death, and the constant pursuit of Ridgeway, who hunts down enslaved people and is possessed by revenge. Cora's mother fled the plantation when Cora was a little girl, and Ridgeway cannot stand that she got away. So now he's out for Cora's blood. And while there's the hope of the railroad and abolitionists who might help Cora along the way, the story is really drenched in this sense of dread. And the road ahead seems to be filled with traps. Like, nobody good is safe. It's one of those stories. And Cora endures the worst kind, kinds, actually, of exposure and is victim to inhumanity from the beginning of her life throughout adulthood. Her quest for freedom and happiness is compromised again and again and again, which is why this was such a edge-of-your-seat, uh, anxiety-inducing read. And when I tell you I had a tough time reading this one, I think I'm, like, understating perhaps, but... I really, really loved the story, and I was extremely excited when I heard the news of an adaptation a few years ago, and I was happy for Whitehead and for the story, which already had achieved a bunch of awards and praise, deservedly. The series itself premiered on Amazon Prime Video May of last year, and it got a lot of praise but I realized, especially last year, I was not ready to experience that story again. And there are some hard stories that deal with, you know, I guess front of mind horrors that I find comforting and cathartic. And there are some stories that hit a raw nerve and have a more triggering impact. And I do look forward to the day I can sit down and watch the adaptation. Um, but do note that in this story and probably in the adaptation, there are trigger warnings for rape, sexual assault, uh, racism, and racially motivated violence. So there's just a lot. There's a lot in this book. So just know that I think knowing that this is a a really explicit story about the antebellum South is perhaps the warning. <laughs> and yeah, I, I can't wait to be able to watch the adaptation. That day is not today, but it looks amazing. And I've been talking about the Underground Railroad. Again, that's by Colson Whitehead. Uh, my second pick is a science fiction tale by the late great astronomer Carl Sagan and I am talking about Contact. Contact follows Dr. Ellie Arroway, who's a determined and genius astrophysicist and radio telescope engineer. And Ellie is committed to science and math. She seems to have been, she's one of those people who seems to have been born to do that sort of work. Just has this innate talent and capacity for these subjects. But she faces some challenges in her youth with her family, her dad, who's obviously her number one and role model, dies, and she doesn't get along with her stepfather, and she has a strange relationship with her mother, so all those things. And then on top of that, her choice of career after she gets her doctorate is met with some derision, 
and criticism. And David Drumlin, who's this noted radio astronomer she studied under, is truly not about Project Argus, which Ellie directs, and about SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. I don't understand why he's not about it, but, you know, some people take all the joy out of everything. So there's uh, also a possibility that funding will be taken away from the group when, of course, just in the nick of time, Ellie's team receives this signal from the Vega system. And that signal launches Ellie into a whole new world of research as news of the signal becomes publicized and receives all this attention from all over the place, including the attention of the president. And then there's this growing relationship between Ellie and a religious leader, uh, Palmer Joss. There's this sort of tension between the two, I guess. And there's this coexistence of a need to establish seemingly clashing understandings of their differing faiths. So Ellie is critical of religion, science is her faith, and there's Palmer who sees Ellie's skepticism and challenges it coming from a place of religious faith. And there are just so many layers to this onion, plus the exciting first contact element of the story and deciphering this code from the great beyond. This is really one of my all-time favorite kinds of science fiction stories, and I am obsessed with the movie. I would watch this movie again right now if I could. Of course, it has its differences when you look at book versus movie, but it really captures that thrill of scientific discovery of epic proportions. Like, this is the sort of thing we kind of, I guess, either dream about or dread is like that sort of first contact opportunity where maybe you realize that actually we are not the only intelligent life out there. And I find it really exciting. That kind of story speaks to me. And the movie stars Jodie Foster as Ellie and Matthew McConaughey as Palmer Joss. And they both just play their parts so perfectly. And I apparently need to read another First Contact story right quick because I just, I, it's been such a long time since I've had a great First Contact story in my life. Uh, so if you're looking for that kind of story, check out Contact. Again, that's by Carl Sagan. And that's that for this episode. SFF Yeah is sound edited by Natalie Baker. Many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com if you have any ideas for upcoming podcast episodes, subject matter, or you just want to chat with us, please do. And also, if you have a minute, please review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because it helps people find us and we love to see what you think about the show. You can find me online on Instagram. I'm at Williams. That's S-Z-A-I-N-A-B Williams. Until next time. Bye.